back and i know each week i have said that we're back and the first week was we are back after the super bowl but last week uh wagers ragers was on a bye week after just a dramatic win by the new york jets in week two craziest comeback ever down 13 points with a minute and 55 left jets came back won the game you know even their record at one and one but then of course as they usually do, laid an egg in week three uh, against the Bengals at home and now fall to one and two. But every other team in the NFC East has a loss, so the Jets are only a game back. We are Wagers Ragers, everybody. And co-hosts, as always, I am... State of JT. Joshua Thomas Buckners, many know me by JT, and of course, my co-host as always, John the Hedgehog, Donneth the Hedgehog. Both of us coming from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. It is Saturday morning. Craziness is about to happen in the NFL on Sunday. Not sure, John, if it's raining by you out in. Western Jersey, but right now it's raining here, but it seems like it's going to stop, and then we have lots of soccer. So, John, talk to me. How you feeling after a bye week last week uh, where both of us sort of needed that early break, and we're, but we're ready to rock and roll in week four? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you for sure. Well, first, it has been raining out here in, in northwestern New Jersey since uh, late last night. It's pretty, pretty wet out there. Nice and cozy and warm here in the Hedgehog Den. Um, last week, I did take a true bye week. I did not place a single bet. Instead, I just enjoyed the games, uh, old school style. It was nice to, to, to get a rest there, recharge, get a little analysis in. Uh, but now I'm ready to be back and, and play some real bets. And I'm starting to buy all the way into my Eagles here. Starting to, starting to. Uh, and thinking this might be a special season. But I'm ready to get week four underway, my man. I can't believe we're already here, week four. I have total faith in the Eagles. I think they are going to be a team to be reckoned with this season. Going, you know, they're going to, they're definitely making the postseason. And I can't see them, I can't see them faltering and losing the NFC East. They just seem to be a team on a mission. And Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. Every single week, week in, week out. Last week, passing for over 300 yards passing. He's usually, you know, one of their top rushers. He can do everything on the field. You know, wasn't wasn't too sure of him early in his in his first couple of years of his career, but he just seems like he is a uh, a man on a mission. And uh, I'm buying into the Eagles too. Am I buying into the Jets? Uh, I do. I am not. And every year I don't buy into the Jets and every year I'm correct because the Jets are the Jets. But we'll see what happens. And as we roll into week four, I'm going to start off with the Jet game. And it's Jets away at Steelers. Jets getting three and a half points on the road over under is 41 and a half. So I'm going to run through this quick. Uh, Don't want to take a lot of time on this game. Jets just proved me completely wrong last week against the Bengals. Didn't show up at home with against a, an 0-2 Bengals team. And 
got their doors blown off uh, by a Bengals team that just hasn't played well at all. So, all right, Jets and Steelers. Where do I think this game is going? Well, I do not think that the Bengals, or the, I'm sorry, that the Steelers are anywhere close to as good as the uh, as the Bengals. And the, with the Jets getting three and a half points, we'll see what happens because there's a there's a couple of X factors here. Zach Wilson is coming back. He's now going to be starting at quarterback in, in place of Joe Flacco, who I think got a little lucky in his first couple of weeks as the Jet quarterback, threw for a lot of yards. But that's be, just because the Jets, you know, I don't think they had much of a choice in some of these games. Lost their first game uh, badly and then barely pulled out a miracle win in their second game and then got their doors blown off against the Bengals. So forget Joe Flacco, 37-year-old backup. He's going to be a backup for the rest of the season so long as Zach Wilson doesn't get hurt. And we'll see what Zach Wilson does. My concern is offensive line for the Jets. That's my biggest concern. George Fant, I don't think, is playing this week. Um, he got moved from right tackle to left tackle when Mekhi Becton got hurt. Hasn't really played all that well. Offensive line, just not that great. Um, but the Steelers, on the other hand, are not the Steelers of old. Mitch Trubisky as quarterback has not been impressive. And I can't see the Steelers um, being the old Steelers against the Jet team. And I know that the Jets are the Jets, and they're never really good any year, but they have so much talent, the Jets. It's just a matter of whether the offensive line can just keep it together, play a good game. Jets, think about it. Garrett Wilson is probably going to be a Pro Bowl receiver. The last two games, he's been outstanding, especially in the game against Cleveland. Brees Hall seems like he's the real deal as far as the running back for the Jets, take, receiving the ball out of the backfield, running the ball. Elijah Moore out of the slot is going to be a great player. Sauce Gardner on defense along with C.J. Mosley in the linebacker position and Quinton Williams on the defensive line. Jets have all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of can you keep Zach Wilson upright? Can he not make mistakes? Can he make the kind of passes that he made when he was at BYU and when he first started in his rookie season with the Jets, if they can put it all together, the Jets can be a decent team. Again, I just go back to it, and I know I've said it probably three or four times already on this pod, it's the offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. I am going to go with my feeling on this game that the offensive line is actually going to play well. Zach Wilson's if he's going to be in trouble, he's going to get outside the pocket. So, Give me the Jets. I'm going to take the three and a half points with the Jets. I think this is going to be a really close game. The over-under is 41 and a half. I'm going to take the under in this game as a close game, like a 16-13 Jet win uh, at Pittsburgh. So give me the Jets and the three and a half points. Give me the under 41 and a half points. Real quick, couple of props I saw. Love Garrett Wilson. Feels like he's covered his his last two receiving props uh, in both the Cleveland game and the Cincinnati game. Give me Garrett Wilson over 47 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 on DraftKings, and two more Jet props. Brees Hall, who I love at running back. Michael Carter, I think, is going to be an afterthought sooner than later during this season, just because of how 
diverse Brees Hall is. Give me over two and a half receptions for Brees Hall, plus money, plus 115 on DraftKings, and Brees Hall rushing and receiving over 60 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Juice is a little high, minus 135 on DraftKings. Uh, I'm going to take Brees Hall rushing and receiving combined uh, in this game. John, any thoughts on Jets-Steelers? Yeah, listen, I'm kind of excited for for you and all my uh, friends who are Jets fans because they do seem like they are building something in New York there. A lot of uh, a big influx of talent over the last several years and some picks that do appear to be working out. For today, though, or for today's pick for tomorrow's game, I am going to go the other way. I don't see Mike Tomlin and the Steelers losing at home to the Jets. Um, I will take the Steelers here. I can give the three and a half. I, I don't think that's a big deal. I think the Steelers win this game. I think they win by more than three and a half. I think the Steelers control the ball a little bit here. Uh, however, for the props, I really wanted to take Najee Harris. Uh, the Jets run defense has been kind of middle of the pack this year, 15th overall. So, you know, not too bad, but I just feel like there's been so much Najee Harris hate recently that I, you know, I don't think that he's turned into a terrible back. Um, I think he's going to get the carries. I think he can get some yards here, but I'm pulling back on that a little bit because his prop is on DraftKings for rushing 66 and a half rushing yards, which is more than he's had in any game so far this year. FanDuel's not much better at 65 and a half. So I'm going to stay away from Najee Harris. Instead, I'm going to go kind of with your Brees Hall pick here. Brees Hall's rushing prop is only 38 and a half rushing yards on both DraftKings and FanDuel. The Pittsburgh Steelers rushing defense has not been great so far this year. They're the 28th rushing defense in football, allowing 142.7 rushing yards per game. Brees Hall had 39 rushing yards last week, 50 the week before. Uh, so that's what I'm going to take. I'll take Brees Hall over 38 and a half rushing yards, 50 burger on that, but I'll still take the Steelers at home and give the three and a half. Yeah, I looked at the uh, the rushing prop on Brees Hall, and my concern is I don't know what Zach Wilson's preference is going to be as far as the running backs between Michael Carter and Brees Hall. But I do know um, that Brees Hall is a great receiver out of the backfield, at least so far this season in the three games that he's played. And that's why I'm going with the rushing and receiving with Brees Hall in the event that he does not hit the rushing prop. Hopefully he's out of the backfield catching passes as sort of a safety blanket for Zach Wilson as he comes back from injury. All right, so John, Eagles, talk to me. Are they going to go 4-0 or what? Uh, the Eagles are going to go 4-0, my friend. Uh, you know, we started talking about this a little bit already, but the Eagles just look different this year. And, you know, the biggest thing is um, the, the coaching staff really impressed me last year with how the offensive play calling changed from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That gave me more confidence in Nick Sirianni and his staff. When offensive coordinator Shane Steichen started calling the plays, uh, that seemed to have a, a positive effect on the Eagles offense. We know about, about their offensive line. They added a ton of talent on defense between, you know, James Bradbury and Hassan Reddick and Kaiser White and uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson Jr. at safety. Uh, and then on offense, of course, they added A.J. Brown, Zach Paschal. And the biggest question here as to whether or not the Eagles could take the next step was Jalen Hurts, who has demonstrated himself to be a leader. That's all you hear about out of the Eagles locker room is how much the players believe in Jalen Hurts, always says the right things. 
he's displayed the fact that he has an uncanny rushing ability, one of the best rushing quarterbacks that we've seen, uh, and has a knack to rush at the right times. The question was the passing efficiency. You know, how could he uh, uh, improve his accuracy? You know, for most of his short pro career, he hasn't been able to utilize most of the field. If you look at a spray chart, most of his passes in his first year and a couple of games of starting all went to the right-hand side. His timing was off a little bit, held the ball a little, little bit too long. And there was a question mark as to whether or not any of that stuff could improve. Well, I'll tell you what, the first three games of this year have demonstrated, or we've seen anyway, Jalen Hurts has looked like a different passer. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. Uh, he's making good decisions. The ball seems more accurate and seems to have more zip on it. I think a lot of that is timing, that he's just getting rid of the ball sooner. And, of course, it doesn't hurt when you're throwing the ball to A.J. Brown now for the first time. And you've got Devontae Smith, you know, in his second year. So it's been a great ride. Uh, that continued last week. The Eagles went down to Washington and beat the Commanders 24-8. to It wasn't even that close. The, uh, the return engagement with Carson Wentz. Who, again, you know, I, I don't really even have any negative feelings towards Carson Wentz. It's a very strange situation. As an Eagles fan, we thought he was going to be the guy to bring us to the promised land. And in a way, he sort of did. He played amazing in 2017. We don't win the Super Bowl at the end of that year in 2018 without him. So um, nothing but positive feelings towards Carson Wentz. But we saw last week the same old Carson Wentz himself holding the ball too long himself making bad decisions. And he just got destroyed. The Eagles defensive line was just ferocious last week, nine sacks. Uh, and like I said, Eagles won 24 to eight. It hasn't even been that close. One thing that we have seen though, is that the Eagles have been so good in the first half against teams. They sort of haven't had to put their foot on the gas uh, in the second half. In the first game against Detroit, they win. They were up big in the second half against Detroit. And then the defense let Detroit back in the game in the fourth quarter. That wasn't great to see. In the next two games against the Vikings and then against the Commanders, the Eagles were up by so much. And those two games were never really in doubt that in the second half of those games, the Eagles didn't even score. They didn't need to. You kind of got the feeling that if they needed to, they could. So what we haven't seen yet is the Eagles put together a full game. On the other side of the ball, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars who, you know, seems like they've had the, the the first overall pick year after year. They've become the, you know, real doormats of, of the NFL. Of course, last year was sort of a lost year with all the Urban Meyer stuff that happened. Now we have another Eagles return engagement because Doug Peterson, Dougie P, the coach that finally brought the Eagles a Super Bowl, is now down in Jacksonville and is doing a hell of a job. Jacksonville is two and one on the year. Of course, the Eagles are the last undefeated team. And last week, Jacksonville shocked a lot of people, probably knocked a lot of people out of survivor pools by going to Los Angeles, beating the Chargers 38 to 10. They've got the number one defense in football, folks, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You heard that right. So this is these are not the same Jaguars we've seen in prior years. This is not going to be a walk away for the Eagles. I don't believe that at all. Overall, I'm taking a look at this game. Jacksonville coming into Philly, you know that crowd's going to be insane. Um, and I, it is a game that scares me a little bit. I still think the Eagles pull it out, but they're giving six and a half. They're giving six and a half. I said earlier, like, you know, I'm buying into this team with the Eagles, but I don't think that means that every game is going to be a blowout. Obviously, it's not. I don't think this game's going to be a blowout. I think the Eagles win, but I'm thinking it's something like 27-24. 
you know, 28, 24, something like that. Eagles win the game, but six and a half is just a little too rich for my blood. I'm not going to bet this game because I think the bet is take the Jags and the six and a half on the road. Jags keep it close. Eagles pull it out at the end. A couple of props here. First thing I looked at was Jalen Hurts rushing. And why did I look at that? Because, you know, Hurts rushed for, you know, 17 times for 90 yards in game one. Uh, he took off 11 times for 57 yards against the Vikings. And then last week, his rushing was down a little bit. He only rushed nine times for 20 yards. He really beat the commanders with his arm. So I was hoping that because he had sort of a down week rushing, that his rushing prop would have come down, came down a little bit, not as much as I would like. On DraftKings, it's 50 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. On FanDuel, it's 49 and a half rushing yards at minus 114. And, you know, candidly, Jacksonville has the best rushing defense in football but i'm gonna go against that thought and i'm gonna take the jalen hurts uh rushing prop anyway i'll take over on the 49 and a half on Fanduel. my thought is he easily beat this in weeks one and two and i think he is gonna have to take off here because jacksonville has a formidable pass rush uh they've got two you know top six overall picks uh, on the two edges there, that's Josh Allen, the defensive end, not the quarterback, and then Tracy Walker, the number one overall pick on the other side. I think they're going to put some pressure on Jalen Hurts, and I think that's going to result in him taking off. So give me Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half rushing yards. More Eagles props. Every week, man, I'm going to be on Dallas Goddard. Uh, DraftKings and FanDuel will not raise his receiving prop. It's 41 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings at minus 120. It's 42 and a half receiving yards on FanDuel at minus 114. Give me the over on 41 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings. Uh, so far, he's knocked out 60, 82, and then last week, 26 receiving yards. You know, maybe that down week last week is the reason why. Uh, his rushing, his excuse me, his receiving prop is remaining a little static, maybe even a couple yards less than it was last week. He's a little bit banged up, but my understanding is he's ready to go. He's going to play. Um, and he just looks like he's taken the next step. I think he is so talented. I'm not the only one who thinks that Tony Gonzalez, one of the greatest tight ends of all time, was quoted this week and said that Dallas Goddard, based on his eye, is currently the best tight end in football. Um also, sort of going off what I said before, as far as Jacksonville getting some pass rush, you know, maybe Dallas Goddard could be, you know, sort of an outlet target for Jalen Hurts. So give me Jalen Hurts over on rushing. Give me Dallas Goddard over on receiving. Also give me James Robinson over 51 and a half rushing yards. The Eagles pass rush last week was fantastic. Their run defense has been a little bit suspect. DeAndre Swift carved them up a little bit, actually, in week one. Uh, the Eagles are only 18th against the run this year. So far, J-Rob has knocked out 66, 64, and 100 rushing yards. I think he'll get this 51 and a half this week. Last prop I got on this one. Last, last one. I'm taking Miles Sanders and the under on 63 and a half rushing yards. The under on 63 and a half. Um, Jacksonville's only giving up 55 rushing yards overall per game to the entire team that they're playing each week. Uh, and even though Boston Scott is out, I don't think that's going to matter. I think Jalen Hurts, there's a really good chance Jalen Hurts takes those extra carries from Miles Sanders. So uh, I'm expecting an Eagles win, but I'm not picking them to cover. Maybe that's a little bit of a, of a subconscious hedge on my part. So Jacksonville, 
getting the six and a half on the road. Give me Jalen Hurts over on 49 and a half rushing. Give me Dallas Goddard over on 41 and a half receiving. Give me James Robinson over on 51 and a half rushing yards and Miles Sanders under 63 and a half rushing yards. Tell me I'm wrong on the spread, man. I think you're wrong. I actually think you're wrong. And I think the Eagles are a team right now on a mission. They are 3-0. and They've looked great in all three of their games. I know that the Detroit game in the first week of the season was a little tighter than Eagles fans would have liked. But I look at this Eagles team, and they are stacked, especially on offense. And with the reemergence of Devontae Smith being a uh, – I don't know if it's gonna if I can call him the number one, but a primary target of Jalen Hurts. And obviously they wanted to get him back in the mix. And he's had two great games the last two weeks. I just think that the Eagles are a team that is going to be uh, one of the top teams when the season shakes out, maybe even the top team in the NFC uh, at the end of the season. They're just playing really well. Jalen Hurts is just crushing it. Uh at the quarterback position and is probably right now in line. And I haven't looked at the odds yet because, uh, you know, just because of the names that are up there, like Mahomes and, uh, and Rogers and, and uh, Tom Brady is probably not the number one contender right now for the MVP, but he's playing like the MVP of the league. So I'm going to go the other way. I'm taking the Eagles at home. And lay the six and a half. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Jacksonville seems like a Cinderella team right now. I know they're playing great under Doug Peterson, the former coach of the Eagles who won the Super Bowl uh, with Philadelphia. And they are playing much better. I don't think you could, I don't think you could play much worse uh, that Jacksonville played when Urban Meyer was their coach. He did not belong in the NFL. He should never have been hired as their coach. He set them back. I, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good quarterback in this league. He looked really, really good last week in their blowout win against the Chargers. But I like the Eagles at home. I'll lay the six and a half. I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown, if not more. So give me the Eagles. I'll lay the six and a half points. I do like the props. I love Dallas Goddard. I took him last week. I don't think he covered his prop bet last week. Uh, he got hurt in the game. Uh, Jalen Hurts did not cover his rushing prop last week, um, but I think things are going to be different this week. So the props that I see in this game, and I'm just going to list six of them, not sure if I'm going to take all of them, but I, I like bounce back game for Jalen Hurts on the ground, over 50 and a half rushing yards, uh, dropping 110 uh, minus 110 on DraftKings on Jalen Hurts over rushing. Christian Kirk, who played – fantastic for Jacksonville last week, who seems to now emerge as probably the number one target for Trevor Lawrence over 61 and a half receiving yards. Don't think that that's too high of a number for him to hit this week. Minus 115 on DraftKings. Devontae Smith, who I just mentioned back in the game, back being one of the primary targets for Jalen Hurts. His receiving prop is 54 and a half on DraftKings. Juice a little higher. Minus 125, I still love it. So give me Devontae Smith over receiving yards. And Jalen Hurts with that 340-yard passing game, I believe he had last week. His rushing and passing prop combined is 306.5 yards 
on DraftKings. Give me over Jalen Hurts rushing and passing combined minus 115 on DraftKings. Last two, I would be remiss if I didn't pick a kicker. I love Jake Elliott this week. I think Jacksonville could stop uh, the Eagles offense from scoring a touchdown on every drive and stall their offense, you know, somewhere in field goal range. Give me Jake Elliott over one and a half field goals. Again, juice is a little high, minus 130 on DraftKings, but give me Jake Elliott over one and a half field goals. And finally, Jake Elliott over seven and a half points. That's two field goals, two points after a touchdown. It's seven and a half points, minus 115 on DraftKings. Jake Elliott over kicking points. Those are my six props that I'm considering. May not take all of them. But I think they are definitely live and, uh, and definitely something for all of you out there to look at and consider. So that's where I see this game going. Uh, I like uh, the Eagles to cover the six and a half points. Any last thoughts, John, until I get into my second barn burner of a game? Yeah, No, I, I think well, we've sort of gone the opposite ways on the Eagles games a couple weeks in a row. Uh, so far as an Eagles fan, that's worked out for me. So I hope you're right. I hope it does turn out to be a blowout, but I just see this one being a, a little bit close. I think Jacksonville is a, is a, uh, maybe not a uh, class of the league type team, but I think they're a sneaky good team. I think they might win that division too. So I think this one's going to be close. All right. So my second game, again, as I just uh, sort of teased here is a barn burner of a game and it is the Chicago bears at the New York Giants, two teams who, if you were to say, what explosive team do I want to watch? They'd be at the bottom of the barrel, but it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's a must win for both of these teams. Bears traveling to MetLife. Right now, the line is Giants giving two and a half points. Over under is 39 and a half. As I just said, it's a must win for both of these teams if they want to stay competitive within their division, especially for the Giants, who are looking up at the Eagles being undefeated. 39 and a half for an over-under is nuts, man. It's crazy. It's crazy for an NFL game, 39 and a half. But these teams, they just can't seem to score points, um, especially with uh, Sterling Shepard going down with injury, who seemed to be a favorite target of Daniel Jones. Now, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer for the Giants. He's probably not going to be on this team next year, and he'll probably be that, like, Marcus Mariota, although he's starting for the, the Falcons, you know, that that backup quarterback, that Mitch Trubisky, who, although starting for the Steelers, probably should be a backup. He's going to be that kind of quarterback uh, moving through this league and may end up having, like, a 12- or 13-year career as a, as, a, as a backup quarterback. But I do not believe – that he's the answer for the Giants as a starting quarterback. <clears throat> so where do I see this? Well, Giants are just coming off of a putrid loss to the Dallas Cowboys. They lost to Cooper Rush. Again, a backup quarterback, and they lost at home. No Dak Prescott. Lost at home on prime time. And again, Daniel Jones is just not the answer. But I'm not sure about Justin Fields either. I mean, his combined three games so far, his stats equal the stats of one good game for a good quarterback. But I see this as a low-scoring game. 
I'm going to stay away from the over-under. I mean, 39 and a half points. To try and take the under on that is just something that is, in my opinion, not very bright. Because it's the NFL. The NFL likes to see points scored. But again, these teams are not teams that are are scoring lots of points each and every game. But I do feel because the Giants have to keep pace with the Eagles, that they're going to play well. And I see Saquon Barkley having a good game this week, both rushing and receiving. Uh, a receiver that I think that, that everybody should look at because of the injury to, to Sterling Shepard is David Sills the fifth. He should be a primary target of Daniel Jones this week. And so I can see him targeting him multiple times this game. So without you know commenting more on this game, because I don't think it really um, warrants a whole lot of comment. It's going to be a low-scoring, tight game. But given given the fact that the Giants are at home and they did they need to try and stay there in the division so as not to lose too much ground to the Eagles. And as I said before, I'm taking the Eagles to beat uh, <clears throat> to, to cover that spread of, of six and a half points this week. Uh, give me the Giants laying a two and a half points at home, staying away from the over under props quickly on this one uh even though uh justin Fields has not been impressive in uh his three starts and again the first start that that he played against uh the, the 49ers was in like a monsoon and so you sort of like chalk that one away they did pull out a uh a tight win last week uh by three on a last second field goal but his passing total is only 149 and a half yards. Have you ever seen a passing total for an NFL quarterback that low? So I like Justin Fields over 149 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And because he does run the ball, and I think the Giants are going to put some pressure on Justin Fields, give me his rushing and passing total. Seems to be my common theme this week, especially with Jalen Hurts. Give me over 192 and a half passing and rushing yards total, minus 115 on DraftKings. I referenced uh, David Sills the fifth. Give me Sills over receiving yard total. It's only 26 and a half yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Give me Sills over receiving yards. And lastly, I believe Saquon Barkley is going to have a, uh, a good game this week, both out of the backfield as a running back and rushing the ball, but also out of the backfield as a receiver. Give me Barkley over 113 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Seems like a high number, but he's, I, I feel like he's going to be the safety valve for Daniel Jones. 115 on minus 115 on DraftKings. Give me Barkley over 113 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Those are my four props. That's my pick for Bears Giants. Not sure if you have an opinion on this game. I know it's not the sexiest game of them all, but. Uh, I can see the Giants going to three and one uh, with Dayball turning this team around after that putrid performance against Dallas. John, thoughts on this game? What do you think? Oh, I agree. I agree. I take the Giants here. I do think Dayball has, uh, I don't know if, if, if you'd call it headed in the right direction, especially after that stinker they threw up last week. But I do think he is a more competent, you know, captain of the ship than they've had in the past. You know, Joe Judge, et cetera. I am not a believer in Daniel Jones but I think they win this game. I think Chicago might be the worst team in football 
I'm not sold on Justin Fields. No David Montgomery this week. Um, and they've got nothing as far as receivers go. Uh, Darnell Mooney has done nothing. Their defense is not what it once was. Both teams have horrible rushing defenses. Uh, but I think the Giants take this one. Uh, I, I'm, ha- I'm fine giving the two and a half at home. Give me the Giants on this one. Uh, as far as a prop goes, uh, Daniel Jones, one talent that he has, sneaky as it may be, his rushing. You know, he's not a bad runner. He had 79 yards last week, 21 the week before, and 25 the week before that. His prop is 30 and a half or 31 and a half rushing yards, depending on where you look, uh, which compared to what he did the first two weeks of the year doesn't sound great. But what I look at is the attempts. He runs every single week. He took off six times in week one, 10 times in week two, nine times in week three. And I've seen it happen before. Because uh, I watched, you know, a lot of NFC East games. Uh, I like the Daniel uh, Jones rushing here. I think he takes off, you know, at least eight, nine times in this game against the Bears. And I think especially based on the fact that the Bears have had some tackling problems this year, that he could easily knock out that 30 and a half or the 31 and a half uh, rushing yard prop. So that's what I got. I agree with you. I'll take the Giants, give the two and a half in possibly uh, you know, the week four toilet bowl between these two teams, give the two and a half, take the Daniel Jones rushing. And one more thing, I don't know, man, I feel gross saying it, but with an over under as low as 39 and a half, I feel like you got to take it. And if you take it and if you lose, okay. But I mean, I think I would take something that low almost every week. Cause I think that's going to hit the over more times. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 39 and a half points. It's just, I mean, it's a crazy over under for this game. But I'm going to stay away because who knows? This game could be 10-7 for all I know. So I, I like the Giants to cover, and I, that's where I feel uh, the, the most comfortable as far as this game is concerned. Um, but I think we've put a bow on this uh, you know, terrible game that's going to be played on Sunday, hopefully with the Giants at least winning by three. So second game, John, who do you have? I've got the Bills, the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens at home getting three points. You know, right away that jumps off the board at me, and I'm like, oh, Ravens at home getting three. Got to take it. That's not the way I'm going to go, actually. Uh, The Bills, through the first two weeks, looked like the class of the NFL. They looked like the super team. They ended up losing uh, against Miami uh, last week. Uh, But – If you actually watch the game, Buffalo kind of dominated the game, and it was only because uh, the Dolphins ended up uh, pulling out the game because although the Bills moved up and down the field, they were only able to score uh, three points in the second half. So I still think the Bills are probably right now uh, one of the top couple of teams in the league. You know, a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl would be uh, uh, amazing, of course. Uh, But I think the Bills coming in at 2-1 and are better than that 2-1 and record. The Ravens at two and one. I I like the Ravens, but their defense is not what we've seen in recent years. As a matter of fact, they've got the worst passing defense in the league. Another thing that's kind of struck me recently about the Ravens uh, is that in recent years, their home field advantage has not been, you know, what you would expect from a team that's generally in the playoffs every year and a team that has generally had a really good defense. Uh, The Ravens are own one at home this year. Uh, and we're five and four last year at home, only five and four, you know, just just this side of 500. Meanwhile, the Bills six, two and one against the spread in their last nine. Bills are tough against the run, tough against the pass. They come in ranked number two 
uh, on, on both on against the the rush and number two against the pass as far as defense goes. I'm expecting the Bills to come into to Baltimore, win this game, and cover the three. You know, quite easily here. I mean, I think you know the Ravens will be in the in the game, but the Bills are just better. Josh Allen is another MVP candidate, so I see the Bills winning this game. Got a few props here too. Um, Rashad Bateman. Uh, quietly having a, a little bit of a, a breakout year here in his second year. He's Lamar Jackson's number one receiver, but I think his receiving total, uh, he he's only like, he's only got like the fourth highest receiving total in this game or something like that. Uh, and while he might not actually be Lamar Jackson's number one target, that's Mark Andrews. We'll get to him in a second. I like Rashad Bateman to get his prop here. As a matter of fact, it's gone down. I think it opened at around 49 and a half receiving yards. Uh, it's down to 47 and a half now. He's killed that each week. His receiving totals are 59, 108, and 59 again. Even though Buffalo has a really good um, uh, pass defense, like I said before, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson's only going so many places when he's throwing the ball. Uh, that's going to be Mark Andrews. That's going to be Rashad Mick Bateman, I believe. So I'll take Bateman on the over on 47 and a half. Um, Mark Andrews, uh, again, Bill's tough pass, tough passing defense. But I until, you know, Mark Andrews is going to have to prove me wrong uh, before I stop taking his uh, receiving prop. It's 63 and a half receiving yards this week. His total so far this year are 52, 104 and 89. And although the Bills have uh, have an excellent pass defense where they do have a bit of a weakness is at safety. Uh, Micah Hyde is out again this week. Jordan Poyer is questionable with a foot injury. I think he's had some limited practice. Even if he plays, he might not be 100%. So I see Mark Andrews going over there. Last prop I got on this game, no diggity. Stefan Diggs is killing it this year. Um, he had 122 receiving yards in week one. He went 12 for 148 in week two. And then his down week, his quote-unquote down week, seven for 74 uh, last week. Uh, his receiving prop is is quite high at 83 and a half. But like I said before, the Ravens have the worst pass defense so far in the league this year. So give me Stefan Diggity over on 83 and a half. And I like this one even better over on six and a half catches. I like it a lot. I would love it, except the juice is not great at minus 140. So that's what I got. I expect Buffalo to go into Baltimore where Baltimore has not had a great home field advantage. I expect Baltimore to win the game cover the three give me on the Baltimore side of the ball Bateman over on receiving Andrews over on receiving and Stefan Diggs over on catches and yards and man I never thought that I would do a Bills Ravens game and not take either quarterback rushing yards but that's the way I'm going right now I'm gonna wager you're gonna take at least one of the quarterbacks rushing yards am I right I am not taking one of the quarterbacks on rushing yards Whoa. but I am going with Andrews over 63 and a half receiving yards. He's, you know, for the last couple of years, been sort of the outlet primary target for Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take that prop, Mark Andrews, over 63 and a half receiving yards. But I do like Buffalo in this game, and I do like them to cover in this game and win going into uh, Baltimore this week. So give me the bills and i think they're laying three yes give me the bills laying the three to win that game outright by a touchdown in baltimore i'm not impressed with baltimore they gave up a huge lead to 
the Dolphins. I know Buffalo uh, lost last week, but give me a bounce back game for Buffalo laying the three points and the Andrews prop. And that's who I like in this game. Any last thoughts, John, till we move into our last phase of the pod, which of course is our track of the week. Let's do it. Let's drop some beats. All right. So right before we jump into that, I'm going to give you a couple of college football nuggets real quick. Oklahoma lost last week, bounce back week for them this week. I believe going into TCU, Laying five points, give me Oklahoma coming back after a loss, a loss last week, laying five points at TCU. And I'm not impressed with Illinois. I know they played well this year. We're both Big Ten fans because of our Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But I like Wisconsin at home, only laying six and a half points. I believe they win by more than a touchdown. Give me Wisconsin laying six and a half points at home against Illinois. So, John, where's your track of the week? What is it? Talk to me. Where are you going? I am absolutely feeling uh, a groovy track by a little duo known as Glitch Matrix. A uh, few reasons for that. I've actually used that in some videos that I've been editing uh, in recent weeks. So that's been in my head constantly. Uh, that's a track called Coast by Glitch Matrix. It's very much a housey, filtered house, uh, uh, almost like a 70s feel type to the track with a little dash of Tropical House, too. So that's my track of the week this week, Glitch Matrix Coast. All right, so my track of the week, you know, brand new, and I'm sitting here as we're doing this podcast, watching my Premier League team, Tottenham Hotspur, losing right now to the first place Arsenal. And I'm feeling a little cheeky, to use a British word. And I'm going with a track by a DJ named Mao P. M-A-U, first name P. And the track is called Drugs from Amsterdam. Now, some of you might think, okay, well, why are we going with the title like that? But the beat brings me back to the old school beat of the late 90s. And I'm just loving this track right now. Heard it a couple times this week on Sirius. Track is Drugs from Amsterdam by Mal P. That's my track of the week. Uh, And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. A little bit of a cross between house and 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 the old school beats from the from the late 90s but great track and that's my track of the week so guys this wraps up week four of wagers ragers and i hope that the advice that we've provided to you our insight into the games that we analyze brings you good fortune. So may your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We will see you next week for week five. Wagers, Ragers, we are out. Good luck, everybody.